0: Hey, this is Joseph Macenary. I'm the pastor at Cornerstone and this is our podcast. I wanna thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope this helps you build your faith. I hope in some way that God will challenge you with a new perspective as you listen. Enjoy the message. John chapter 14, if you would open your Bible, if you would, if you would turn it on there. And we've spent weeks now uh, learning and, and speaking about prayer, practicing it, uh, putting it to practice. Uh, we, we, we spoke in week one, I believe it was, we, we spoke about praying and, and, and praying with power, praying with expectancy, praying to, 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 you know, can we say it like this? Is anybody here guilty of just kind of praying very safe prayers? Is it just me? Right? We all are guilty of that. Like, God, we just thank you for this food. You are great. Thank you for my plate. And we call it a day. I think we all have seasons of that, but we spoke about praying with power, praying God's word. We spent uh, week two talking about, God, would you give us more boldness to share our faith? I think of it this way. God, would you give us more boldness to Maybe invite someone to fill up that seat sitting next to me, right? We all know that, man, There's as great as it is to be in God's house, there are people that need to hear God's word. There are people, and, and I think sometimes that we forget it's okay to be bold and invite people into God's house. And then in week three, we, we, spoke about, um, we, we spoke about God interrupting our lives. We spoke about God last week. God, would you bring the spiritual into our physical situations? And how many of you are here today, and man, I had a couple phone calls this week of folks that are having surgeries that were thought they were going to have surgery in March, and it got moved up to next week, and folks that are are having surgery this week at UCLA and Cedars Sinai and USC, different things are happening where we need to see God, we need to see you move in our physical story, in our physical situation. And so as we talk about prayer today, how many of you... uh, how many of you believe in the power of prayer? Show of hands. Come on, church. How many of us believe in the power of prayer? And it's amazing that we serve a God, this, this, this wonder-working God. We sing worship songs with his, his miracle power on display. And, and we, we, we sing about a God that we have read about who does the miraculous. We sing about a God who we have seen in our own lives and in our own story, if we really go and we look and we think about where we've been, we've seen God move in the miraculous in our own lives. Uh, Last week, if you were with us, one of my favorite Bible stories was about the prophet Elijah. Uh, He called down fire in this story. Did anybody get a chance to read uh, chapter 18 of 1 of, uh, Kings? Anybody do that last week? We kind of skipped through it, but man, that's one of my favorite stories. There's a little bit of taunting, there's a little bit of flair, there's a little bit of showmanship, and then God shows up and fire falls from the sky. It's this amazing prayer warrior, Elijah, this prophet, but what's so interesting, if you go to the next chapter, we see a very real man, we see a real man in all of his flaws. How many of you could say sometimes you pray and for whatever reason you just, there are times and there are chapters and seasons of our lives where we just have a little bit more boldness in our prayers and then there's other times where we wonder where that boldness went, right? We wonder like, God, I was so, I was so confident in you and then other times we just aren't quite so sure and the, the truth is prayer is Powerful. Turn to someone and say, prayer is powerful. But here we go. As we walk with God and the longer we walk with him, turn to the other person and say, prayer is also confusing. Can we be honest? Sometimes prayer can be confusing. Today's message is simply titled, Praying, Waiting, and Nothing. Uh Uh-oh, watch out, right? Praying, waiting, waiting. And nothing, and the reality is that is sometimes the bad news about prayer is that there are moments where our prayers get answered. God shows off and shows up and does amazing stuff and he just right on time and he makes things work like that because when it's his time to move, he moves quick. But there are also times where our prayers are left unanswered. Our prayers go unanswered and there's these miraculous moments and think of, think of all throughout scripture, right, church, right? We have a man like Daniel who all of a sudden he's thrown into the lion's den and a bunch of lions all of a sudden overnight become vegetarians, right? We see this in, in scripture like sometimes God shows up and shows off, right? We, we saw in, in the Old Testament, uh, Joshua, it was Joshua where it was like they, they had this battle and they prayed God for the sun to stand still and it happens, right? We see all of these different things, many stories of this wonder-working, amazing God. But we're gonna look at some scripture today that I hope maybe answers some questions if you are hurting today. Maybe answer some questions uh, if, if you need a bit of comfort today. If you're in a season in your prayer life where you're just a little maybe confused today, right? Is it possible that sometimes, um, I remember baseball was, was, I used to love that sport. I think I've fully converted to football. But is there any baseball lovers still left in America? Right, okay. I remember like, I remember the feeling of like, goodness, hitting a ball and things are just going so well, like this baseball just looks like a beach ball and you can't possibly get out and you hit 500. And then I remember the feeling of like, the world's worst slump. Like you can't even bunt for a base hit. You can't do anything. Even if you hit the ball hard, finally someone catches it, right? And I think sometimes in our lives, can we relate to, um, can I call it like this? Can anybody here relate to feeling like you're in a prayer slump? Like, God, I just feel like I'm in a rut. I'm in a prayer slump. I'm in a bit of a rut. Things just don't seem to be happening. Yet we know the promises of scripture. We know what your word says. All right, so let's start it out. And let's talk about this. John chapter 14. And we're just going to read a few verses. Um, Verse 13 and 14. And here we go. Jesus himself, this is pretty amazing, yet if I'm honest, at times I'm a little confused. Jesus says in verse 13, And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. How many of you, that verse sounds pretty awesome? That's a pretty amazing promise, isn't it, church? Right? Ask of me, and I will show up. I will do it. Ask the name of Jesus. And we know there is power in that name, amen? There is like resurrection power from old to new, from, from death to life is in the name of Jesus. Yet the confusing part is that when sometimes we pray, Um, We ask him to do something and he doesn't do it, right? Have you ever prayed something and and you were just, here's a question, have you ever prayed and you just were positive, God, you were going to show up here? Have you ever prayed and you were like, God, you were going to bring healing to this person? God, you were going to save that marriage, whatever it is, right? And on one hand, right, scripture is, that's an incredible um, scripture, And that's an encouraging scripture, really. But on the other hand, it's like, it's a bit confusing. God, we've probably can all relate to, God, we prayed for that marriage to be healed. God, we prayed for that relationship, for them to to come back together. God, uh, we, just in this last year, we've seen people who we, we we prayed for that person, and they were in the hospital with COVID, I think, in my own life. God, we prayed for healing for Chuck that was in our fantasy football league from our church, God, we prayed for him to be healed, and instead he was taken to heaven, right? We prayed for him, and yet he still passed away just in the last few years. I, I think of like, God, we prayed for that young man who had cancer. We, we prayed for that young teenager that had cancer, and, and he still passed away. So would you write this down in your notes this morning as we get going? I'm gonna ask this question again. Um, have you ever prayed something and you were just certain God was going to do it, and he doesn't do it. Would you write that down? God, have you ever, right, yes, no, maybe write down the situation. Each of us have somehow probably asked that question, and if you've been in church long enough, these are questions, good questions, that we need to deal with. God, why did you not answer? Do you care? right that's the reality people people will have these if you are a church going person chances are if you ever talk about your faith this is a subject that probably would come up i don't i don't really feel that god answers i don't feel that he he cares i'm not sure god are you listening has anybody ever felt that way god do you care are you listening are you there and i think sometimes our guilt kicks in god did i what did i do wrong Sometimes, right, and then even Christians, we're really good at this too, like sometimes people actually still say things like this, which it's mind-boggling to me, but like you'll hear people that say, man, you you haven't been healed because there must be some sin in your life, right? We joke, like how on earth could we say that, but but we do. People say things like that. It's like, oh my goodness, right? And so I want to dive into God's word today and allow scripture to speak the truth to us. Allow God's word to speak to us in a way where we can build an understanding on a, on a difficult topic where it's a reality. We don't always get what we want when we pray, but where do we start? Why do we do it? Why is it important? And, and we can start with this tough truth. Um, and this is not a, a, a topic that our world, we, we love our country, we are so blessed and so spoiled, but this isn't, I think, a subject matter that people would agree with when we talk about prayer because um, there are facts, there are times where each of us, we just don't, I don't want to hear this. You ready for it? When we talk about prayer, when we talk about scripture, when we look at scripture, when we, when we, when we read about prayer, here we go. Would you write this down? We need to understand something. The first thing we need to understand in dealing with prayer is we are not the main event, and that's a that's a cultural truth. That's like true. That's something culture doesn't want to hear. Would you write that down in your notes today? When we talk about prayer, it's not always about you. It's not about me. It's not always about us. And that that's a that's a hard thing to handle because I like things that go my way. I like, right, if we're deep, if we're honest, right, we can fake it on the outside, but we like it when we are the topic of conversation, right, and looking at scripture all throughout God's word, and God's word, he is the story. The story is his story that we get to be a part of. It's like we serve a God that doesn't exist to serve us, but we exist as his creation to serve him. And Jesus gave us this example, and Jesus points some things out. Book of Matthew, would you jump in and and flip back a couple chapters? Matthew chapter six, Jesus gives some amazing instructions on how to pray. I mean, we could read this passage and just go home and and, uh, watch the Eagles beat the Niners. I'm teasing. Watch the Niners beat the Eagles. Either way, I'm good, either way, right? All right, or the Bengals beat the Chiefs, or the Chiefs take out the Bengals. We'll see. We'll see, but there are more important things to talk about right now, and let's start in verse 5. How many of you know if Jesus said it, we probably should prepare our hearts to listen to it? You ready? Here we go. Want some direction on how to pray? This is a very common verse. Let's read it. When you pray, Jesus said, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love praying standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. All right. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen, then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Verse 7, and when you pray, do not keep babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you even ask. If I could sum this sermon up in, in one uh, one phrase, I would say it like this. Here it is, the purpose of prayer is to know our God. Would you write that down this morning? The purpose of prayer is to know God so that we can do God's will on earth the purpose of prayer is to know him know this relational God this this God that sent his son for us in an intimate way so that through prayer we can get to know him intimately Um, as much as I frequent and enjoy sadly I need to cut this out of my life but I enjoy a good quick accurate drive-through experience prayer is not a drive-through experience would you write that down Prayer is not a drive-through experience. We just don't pull up to the window and just get to place our order and just, boom, what do you need? It just, it's ready to go, right? Contrary to, to popular belief, God is not a spiritual Santa Claus, yet oftentimes we treat him that way, right? There's times where we, we flat out, we treat him like a, a, a Santa, like, God, I've been good all year. God, I've been good all week. God, I've, I've, I've done this all month. I stopped doing whatever it is. And we tend to treat him this way. Number one, as we kind of walk through a few points today and we talk about praying. Number one, God is not a button to push, but our God is a relationship to be pursued. Would you write that down? It's not a a button to activate. It's not the bat phone to pick up, but our God is relational, right? And when we read his playbook, when we think of rules, when rules are viewed through through, through relationship, We understand his love and his care, but when rules are viewed through religion, rules feel very rigid, like don't box me in, man, right? Our God is relational, but we read in this verse, and and Jesus himself, think of that earlier verse. He said, if you ask anything in my name, I will give it to you. So here's a question, church, Was, was Jesus lying about that? I mean, he said that. Like, he said, if you ask anything, I will give it to you, right? Was Jesus telling the truth? Was he, right? And, and, and it's like, does Jesus care, right? It's important. But I think sometimes as we get into God's word, and this is, I think, what we do when we hurt people, when we say things like, man, you haven't been healed because of some sin in your life, oftentimes we, we, we build an entire thought or we build an entire theology based on one verse, We'll kind of, anybody heard of the term cherry-picking, right, on the basketball court? Right? Like, we'll, we kind of love to just cherry-pick maybe that favorite scripture to address whatever hot-button issue it is we want to address, right? But it's important that as a church, we don't build our entire theology based on one verse, but when we accurately talk about God's word, that we break the habit of just, like, Cherry picking, of, of just plucking Scripture out, plug and play, right? Well, God says, right? But we look, we, took, we talk about Scripture because we can often use Scripture to fit whatever narrative we want. We can have debates, right? People have been doing it forever. We can, we can find a Scripture to fit our story. We can find a Scripture that we agree with that fits our narrative, our own opinion, because of whatever it is. Maybe the way we were raised, our background, our culture, whatever it is. But the big topics in the Bible, would you maybe write a few of these things down? Here are some questions I've learned, and we've been doing some, some study time with some of our pastoral team on Thursday mornings. And some of the things, when we talk about the mystery of faith, when we talk about, like, we're, that's really what the study of theology is, right? we're trying to understand an a-finite creator. We're, we're trying to understand as humans this, this amazing, creative God of the universe, Right? And so it's important that we often, before we just drop scripture bombs on people, and it's important to memorize scripture. It's important to know God's word. But the big topics of the Bible, we need to develop a habit of the following. Would you write a couple of these down? We need to develop a habit when we read God's word. Ask this question: Who is writing this? You know that's important, right? We need to ask this question: Who was writing this letter? Who was writing this book? We need to ask questions like: When were they writing this? Right? Write a few of right? We need to ask questions like, who are they writing to? To who are they writing, right? What was going on in that city? What was going on in Philippi? What was going on in that culture? What was going on in that historical question? And, and, and I would say it like this this is, I think, a great thing we could do before we just drop scripture bombs on people. Use all of the Bible to study the Bible, right? To build beliefs about something like, use the Bible to study the Bible. The Bible, and that's that brings maturity in these questions. We ask these questions, and we deal with God. I, I prayed for that family member, God. I, I, I because inevitably, if you follow Jesus long enough, would you agree? Tough questions come. It's really cool when we're like babies and we're in kids' church, and we just sing songs like "Jump Into the Light" all the time. We anybody here ever been to one of our kids' chapels on Tuesdays? Um, we have the most amazing time of worship in this building. And it doesn't take place on Sundays. I think it takes place on Tuesday mornings at like 8 o'clock. And we get all these kiddos, kindergarten through uh, fifth grade and and fifth grade through eighth grade. And we do all these amazing songs and all these amazing hundreds of children just worshiping the Lord. And that innocence. But how many of you know as we grow, we have questions. And questions about God's word, it's okay to have questions like, God, why didn't you answer my prayer? God, why didn't you answer my prayer? I remember being a little kid, and we had and uh, and some of you that know me well, when uh, you could probably like psychoanalyze me right now when it comes to dogs. How many dog people in the house, right? But I remember we had a kid, and we had a, our favorite dog was named Reese's. Well, it was my favorite dog, and this dog, sadly, in the winter time, fell in our pool. She was little, and and she drowned. She all it's okay because all dogs go to heaven. That was a movie once. No, I'm teasing, but I remember being. I remember being crushed. And I remember like standing in a parking lot talking to my dad like, Dad, does God... And I, I remember I was mad. I was like, does God even care? Like, does, like, if God cared about me, what does this dog matter? Like, why didn't he just let my doggie live? Little poor Reese's, right? And I've never owned a dog to this day. No, I'm kidding. I'm teasing. Uh, true story. I need to go sit on a couch somewhere. Um, but we have questions, don't we? God... Uh, I prayed for my grandpa and he died. God, I I prayed for my friend and they still took their life. Right? As we grow, these are things that we see take place. God, I prayed for that cancer and it came back. Why didn't you answer my prayers? I prayed, I waited, and nothing happened. So I wanna look at scripture today. What else does the Bible have to say? I wanna discover what does the Bible have to say about prayer? What does the Bible have to say about unanswered prayers? Uh, What what does the Bible have to say uh, uh, about nothing happening when we pray? Oh, this is a tough subject matter, right? Number two, would you write this down? And Scripture would back some of this up. And again, it's important to look at all of Scripture, because I'm going to go through three more points. So don't just read one and be upset at me today, okay? Deal? Because this one might frustrate us. The first two might frustrate us a little bit. I'll be honest. Number two, the Bible says this, that We might have unanswered prayers due to broken relationships. Ooh, now it got quiet, right? Are you saying, Joey, that our relationships with people, which are God's creation, do our relationships with people matter when we pray? I would say this, I'm not saying that, but God's word seems to say that, right? Would you open your Bible, Mark chapter 11, verse 24, if we let the Bible interpret the Bible, I think so. Here's what the Bible says. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, underline this. Oh, my goodness. If, turn to someone and say if. Watch out, because this is a big promise. This is a big premise, right? This is, this is a big if. That's a big if. If you hold anything... Ouch, against anyone, it says forgive them, so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. This almost seems like too simple and almost sometimes impossible, but all the, all the grandparents in the house, raise your hand, all the parents in the house, raise your hand, all the kids in your house, all the kids that, that, that love their parents, raise their hand, no, I'm teasing, right? But as parents, this is, it's almost concept almost seems too simple. But, right, if, if, if my girls have just been bickering all day, if they've just been getting at each other's nerves, if they've just been nipping at each other, whatever it is, and then all of a sudden they're, they're learning this skill where they just bat their eyes and they smile in the most beautiful fashion and they say, Dad, can we get Menchies? Right? They do this to me, and it's like torture because I'm like, we... We clearly eat enough sugar, like we don't need any more munchies. But if these kiddos, like as a father, if these kiddos haven't been behaving, because quite frankly, like honoring your sister in our household is just an expectation. It's not like, it, it's not an option, right? But it, it, it's, it's like a, a value for us that we are just going to have. It's how our family's going to be. But I, I would say it like this, if, if they've been just acting up all the time, do you think my answer to take them out for special ice cream is going to be yes? Frankly, you've been fighting with your sisters. Absolutely not. We're not going to reward your bad behavior with menchies. And I think sometimes Jesus could just be implying that. Sometimes, hear me, because again, don't just pull out one point, but sometimes, not all the time, not all the time, but could it be sometimes that our prayers go unanswered because Jesus says you need to check your relationship with people. Your prayer life Your intimacy with God can be impacted because of your relationship with people. And there's multiple scriptures like this. This isn't just picking out one. Matthew chapter 5, verse 23. Would you read it with me? Matthew chapter 5. Therefore, if you are offering a gift at the altar, and there, remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Now, this is one I really don't like. How many of you don't like certain parts of scripture? I'm going to double raise my hands on this one. Because I like it when it's like, hey, if you have something against them, just forgive them, and you know we can still do life. But this one is rough to me because it says, if you know someone is upset with you, oh ouch! Be, like if someone's upset with me, I like to be like, cool man, I ain't losing no sleep. <laughs> is anybody built that way? Like you know how many hours I got last night not thinking about whatever you're upset about, right? <laughs> right, but that. Isn't, like, that's not what the Bible says. I wish the Bible didn't, like, the Bible, this is tough. There's no way around this. It says, wait a minute. If a brother or sister has something against you, it says, don't, don't bring your gift. It says, verse 24, read this with me, church. Oh, ouch, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then Come. And offer your gift there's like multiple scriptures that talk about linking uh, effective prayers are connected to relationships right write that down maybe i just effective prayers it's like they are connected to our relationships first peter three seven and and guys i i this is a good one for us because it says husbands so that's us in the same way you husbands wives Give them the nudge right now, right? No, I'm te- but this isn't, this isn't for the This is for us. I think we could apply it to everyone, but this is directly for us men. It says, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together, she may be weaker than you are. And this is talking strictly in the physical sense, because last time I checked, generally speaking, most guys are a little taller and heavier than ladies, right? Are we tracking? No, you guys are like, all right, we, I know we can, never mind. I'm just going to keep it there. But she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. She is your partner. She is an heir of grace with you. She's a partner. It says treat her as you should. But here we go. He's saying do this, but here's the promise, right? He says, honor her because you're a co-heir of God's grace. And we see Paul write something very similar. He says, husbands, love your wives with the sacrificial type of love that Jesus loved you with when he laid down his life for you at the cross. Right, Paul echoes this. And now Peter, right, Peter echoes commands like Paul. He says, husbands, love your wives. But here we go, look at the very end of this. We see, I think it's safe to say relationships matter. Multiple times. We're not just picking one scripture. Look at this. It says, so your prayers will not be hindered. Right? Get, like, here, get this clearly. Men in God's house today, a husband who doesn't align himself under God's agenda, a husband that doesn't value his wife, a husband that doesn't appreciate his wife, you cannot expect your prayers to be answered. Whoa right? And one of the ladies is like, amen. All the ladies say, amen. You got my permission, right? And I think that can apply to both of us, but this is a directive, like this is, God has given this to us. He's charging the men of the house with this. You cannot expect God to answer prayers if we don't value, appreciate, honor the wife God has given us, that co-heir to God's covering, God's grace, God's mercy. And that is not my opinion. That, um, is there, right? It's it's that opinion. Number three. Number three. As we move along, sometimes we have unanswered prayers due to wrong motives or lack of faith. There's a lot there to unpack. We don't have time to do it today, but wrong motives or lack of faith. How many of us have ever prayed and were like prayed with the wrong motives? I'm, sh- like, guys in the house, I'm sh- when we were teenagers praying for a girlfriend, generally it was always, right? Praying for Wonder Woman, whatever, that was me, right, guilty as charged, right? Like, God, I want the real Wonder Woman, right? That's what I'm praying for as a wife. Nothing about godly, nothing about all those things. I want Wonder Woman. How many of us have ever prayed with the wrong motives? I know that's, like, silly, right? Sometimes we, our prayers go unanswered because our motives are dirty, uh jesus gave us that directive earlier we read that scripture jesus he told us how to pray and he he checked the pharisees a lot he called out the pharisees and, and he said they did this all the time remember that scripture earlier he said they they pray out loud so everybody would notice like they're on the soapbox they're on the street they're out there on the street so people be like man you're you're so holy you're such a good look. you're such a godly wife you're such an amazing grandma, you're such a godly grandfather, a godly husband, you're such a godly college kid, whatever it is. It's like they would do things so people would applaud them, not so they could have a relationship with God, right? They were looking more for, for human approval than they were looking for God's approval. And Jesus is like, I'm not a fan of this. Jesus did not applaud their prayers. In fact, he says, like, you have your reward in full already. Ouch, Right? And I think sometimes that can look many different ways. What do wrong motives look like? Um, like I said, I think sometimes when we're young, we learned, we have these prayers that are motives that serve us generally. I think today that could look like this, you might be praying like, "God, it's 2023. I'm fearful of a recession. God bless my business." God bless my home, God multiply, God bless my finances, but it's like the reality is the truth is, God, I want your blessing in my finances, but I'm not willing to put you first in my finances as I tithe or as I give, right? We do that, right? God, I want your blessing, but I'm not willing to put you first, and it's not always just the area of tithing, although that's an important area, but God wants to be first in every aspect of our life, and I think for each of us, that area where we're called to put him first it's difficult we all have different areas in our lives where it's we find it a little more difficult to put god first we've all prayed with the wrong motives uh that last half it says maybe a lack of of faith i love that darth vader scene can somebody say i find your lack of faith disturbing anybody remember that i find your lack of faith but really the Bible's clear about this, like we see all the time these stories where Jesus says, your faith did something, right? God, your, your faith did something. There was a story um, where, there, this is a wild story in the Gospel of Mark. There was this boy that was possessed, and I mean, this is like exorcist stuff, I I couldn't stand that movie, right? But this is like, what's described in this passage, Mark chapter 9, and I'm just going to read verse 22, but if you go a few verses before, it's like, this is stuff that's like, oh man, I just would avoid this kid at all costs, I'll be honest, right? Uh, This dad goes to see Jesus, and this kid is possessed by an evil spirit, and what's interesting is the disciples, they're unable to cast out this evil spirit. They're unable to get the job done. And let's look at what Jesus says. And this father, this dad comes to Jesus, and here's what he says, verse 22. This spirit has often thrown him into fire. This spirit has thrown him into water to kill him. And he says this, but if you can do anything, Jesus, take pity on us and help us. And I love verse 23. Let's look at it. Look what Jesus says. We got it up there? He says, if... I kind of think, like, I, like Jesus is probably like, do you know who you're talking to? I'm not the disciples. I'm not one of the 12, right? If, if, you know, this guy, he's, like, resigned himself. Like, all right, you know, Peter couldn't get it done. The other guys couldn't get it done. Jesus, if you can do anything. And I love Jesus' response, like, if. What do you mean if, right? If. Have you seen what I've been doing? Have you seen like where I've been going? Have you been following my ministry on social media? Because miracles are taking place all the time, right? Jesus says this everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. And this, I, I can relate to this dad so much. I do believe. But then he almost backtracks on his statement by what he utters next. Look what he says next. Help me overcome my unbelief. <laughs> Jesus, I do believe. I think. I think I believe. Crap, right? I think I believe. How many of us can relate to that type of faith? It's like, yes, I got faith. And then I, 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 I hope, Right? I do, and he's like, Jesus, check me, Jesus, you know my heart, like, I do believe, I think, right? I love the honesty, I, I can relate to him, but we, Matthew chapter 9, verse 22, there, were, there was the woman with the issue of blood, right? What did Jesus say to her? She touched a hem of a garment, and we see this oh, this repetition in scripture, Jesus says what? He says, your, it's a good, it's a good word, somebody say, your faith has made you well, right? Luke chapter 7 the woman, he says, your faith has saved you. And then in Matthew chapter 9, there were two blind men, and Jesus said this to him. Ready? He says, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And the Bible says, and their eyesight was restored. Their eyesight was restored. I, church, I have seen God do amazing things. Have you? I, it's, it's like, the, I feel like we should write things down more often, right? Keep a journal, keep a, a list of things that would just encourage us. Because it's so easy to focus on the things that confuse us. But man, I, I can relate to these people. I can relate to this dad, this, this dad saying, you know what? God, I have seen your hand in our life. I've seen your hand in ministry. I've seen your hand over families. But then I can also relate to like, like I spoke about earlier, kind of like a, a prayer slump. God, I do believe, I think, right? You know what, there's, can we say it like this? Would you write this down? I think each of us have moments in our lives where for whatever reason, our faith, our faith can just be weaker than in other moments, if we're honest, right? Sometimes our faith is so strong and we're so confident and then the very next day, I think of that with, remember that story with Elijah, and man, we could just jump off topic and talk about him, but he called down fire. He, one man took out 850 prophets, Braveheart, William Wallace style, get rid of them, killed them, they're gone. And the very next day, right, he runs down the hill and he gets threatened by the queen, which I'm not knocking her because she's the queen or she's the one, but he gets threatened by one person, and he goes into total, full-blown, suicidal depression, when you know he could have just said, God, call down a, you don't even need the, the thunderstorm whirlwind fire. Just send a fireball and take her out. And God probably would have done it, right? But we see like this, like in one moment his faith was so insanely strong. And then in one moment that very same man, his faith, quite frankly, was a lot weaker the very next moment. That's the truth. That's a, that's a tough truth. Number four. Number four, would you write this down? So those first few are pretty tough. And then I think number four, it's, it's maybe less offensive because we're not just cherry picking scripture, but it's tough to deal with and it's this. You ready for it? Number four, sometimes we have unanswered prayers because God has an overall different plan and that is a reality, that is a mystery, that is a thing that we each have to grasp sometimes our prayers aren't answered because god has something different in store when the bible says like my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts and they're higher and greater that sounds good on paper but it doesn't feel good emotionally sometimes so we we, we could be sitting here today maybe you're in a spot you're like god i've god i've prayed with the right motives god i know i prayed with faith God, I don't have a grudge against people, because that's what we talked about, reasons why our prayers aren't answered. God, I don't have a grudge against anybody. God, I have faith. God, my motives are clean. And still, this mystery and reality is still, sometimes those prayers go unanswered. Still, that healing at times doesn't always come. This is the reality and the mystery of our faith all rolled into the, the fact is that our God might have something different in store. He may have something different planned. First John, uh, John chapter 5. I think this might be our final scripture for today. Would you read it with me? Chapter 5, verse 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. I love that. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us and this is exciting and if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have what we asked of him I love this scripture but I also remember the story of the young man that we did in the fall the story of Joseph how many prayers for how many decades did Joseph pray that were just it was like he was knocking at the door and the prayer wasn't answered right I love that scripture, but the reality is the Bible is very clear that sometimes God has plans that don't make much sense to us on this side of eternity. There's plans that he has, and that's a truth, like that's a wrestling match that if you're a young person here today, that's a reality, and it's okay to feel that way, but that's something that you have to deal with. Right? People, we can't answer that necessarily for you. I love this scripture, but sometimes God's plans just flat out don't always make sense, do they? Right? Paul, the Apostle Paul, can we say it like this? Paul was the greatest missionary the world's ever seen. Flat out. like right? Nobody measured up to, I think, his intellect, his drive, his skill set, right? His effectiveness, Right? Paul was the, the 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 greatest missionary the world had ever seen. And yet we still see that that Paul had a situation and he, he talked about this this thorn in his side. A lot of a lot of people think he had a physical ailment. Might have been eyesight, it might have been something like they, we, we, we have all these educated guesses, but the reality is Paul prayed for healing over and over and over and over again. And as far as we know, that healing for Paul never ever came. And I'm just kind of like the 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 novice here, but I'm thinking like, God, if you're going to heal someone, I mean, heck, if you're going to make someone like immortal, make Paul. Like this guy rocks, right? This guy was like he, 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 the most effective missionary. If you're going to like, if you're going to heal someone and make them more effective, give them more health and more energy, Paul, like he's got it coming, right? He, he's, he's got a miracle up his sleeve because he's just so amazing. And yet we see Paul came to a place sufficiently after, uh, eventually after praying and praying and praying, Paul had to come to a place where he said, God, your grace is sufficient for me, right? Even if that healing doesn't come, your grace is sufficient for me. So here's a final question as we close. You ready for this? Here it is, write this down. And then We're gonna be like, oh my, right? Here's an honest question, a tough truth. Write it down. So why bother to pray at all? Did you hear that? Like you're like, did you just say that in church? So here, I, I think that, that's like, really, why? Think about that for a moment. Let's just sit in that. Why, why do we bother? Like, of everything you just covered, right? There's a lot of, like, expectations. There's a lot of premise to go with God's promises. And then sometimes, if God's just going to do what God's going to do, have you ever felt that way? Why do I pray then? I have. God, if you're going to operate how you're going to operate, I'm not going to understand it anyways, then why do I need to talk to you in the first place? I hope that's a question you've asked. And here's what I would say to that answer. Would you write this down? The purpose of prayer isn't to get what we want. The purpose of prayer is to get to know God and that's it the purpose of prayer isn't to get something out of God the purpose of prayer is to get God whoa right And when we get to know him and when we connect to him, we are reminded that, God, there is so much around me that is out of control, but I am connected to a king, I am connected to a savior that is in total control, amen, right? And so when we learn to pray, God, I don't pray for something, but I pray to know you because when I know you, I will know your will. God when I know you I will know how to behave I will know how to make a decision I will begin to grow right and and, and most of all this when we get to know him we will do his will that's it and someone say right when we get to know him through prayer we will do his will We will reflect a Savior. We will be the salt of the earth. We will be the light of the world. I strongly believe like people are just sick and tired of Christians telling them about Jesus, but they just want to see Jesus, right? They just want to see, they just want to see Jesus. Let's bow our heads, let's pray. God, we thank you for this time in your house. God, we thank you for your word today. We ask that you would help us, God, as we journey through this, this, um, this time of prayer, this month of prayer. God, we recommit our lives to prayer. And maybe you're here today and you've been, can I say it like this? Maybe you're here today and you've just been frustrated with prayer, you've been confused by prayer, or you've been in a prayer rut. Like that batting slump. If that's you this morning, would you just lift your hand? You, you, it's like, you, you know you could follow Jesus and be in a prayer slump. Like your communication with God, just it's been it's been frustrating, it's been confusing. Maybe that's you today, and I just maybe this message is for just one today. But God is with every head bowed and our eyes closed. God, we ask that you would build our faith. God, we ask that you would remind me, remind us that this is your story. This is your story, this is your creation. This is your plan. And God, remind us that we can have hearts that we are, we should be so, that we get to play a part in the greatest story. And we get to know you. And we get to serve you. As we close, I want to close with one more thought. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed. There is one prayer that the Bible says And we don't even necessarily have to pray it, we just can acknowledge it. But we oftentimes do it through prayer, and I think that's okay. Uh, Maybe you're here today and you need to know that there is one prayer that our God, 100% guaranteed, will always answer, and it's this. If you are far from God, if you've been doing life your way, the Bible says this, when you acknowledge him, when you come to him, when you ask to be made new, when you seek him, when you ask for forgiveness, the Bible says this, this prayer will always be answered because it's a guarantee you will be forgiven. I love that. When you ask him to forgive you, it's a prayer he will always answer. He will forgive you, he will always step in, and the answer is, will be the greatest answer we've ever heard, that answer is that he has a son. The answer is that son is Jesus. the name of Jesus it's the greatest news it's this prayer we can always pray that God loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to the cross his son perfect and perfect in every way died on the cross the Bible says to bring forgiveness not just for those back then but forgiveness today for each of the sins not the ones we committed last week but the ones we will commit next week and on and on and on and there's a prayer that Jesus will always answer God will always answer. As we close today, I just want to close with this thought Jesus loves you. God sent his son Jesus to care for you. He sent his son to know you. He sent his son to cover you. And he sent his son to connect us to him. And I just want to close and say I believe God is always pursuing, he's always knocking. He's always pursuing. I stand at the door and I knock and I just wait. And maybe you're here today and you just haven't opened that door. You just haven't opened that door. One of the ways we can do is just we just pray. We just acknowledge him. Because Jesus wants to know you. He wants to cover you. He wants to pursue relationship with you. He wants to forgive you. But all he wants is just acknowledge me in front of man and I want to acknowledge you in front of my father. Acknowledge me in front of man and I'll acknowledge you in front of my father. One of the ways we do that is which we just simply lift our eyes and say, God, I want to acknowledge Jesus in this place. We just lift our hand and say, God, I want to acknowledge Jesus in this place. If that's you today, you want to say, Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me where I've been. Forgive me where I've been going. I acknowledge you today. If you want to acknowledge Jesus as the Son of God, the way to the Father, the access to the Father, would you just lift your eyes or would you just lift your hand? One, two, and three. Go ahead and lift them up. I see you over there. I see you back there and I see you over there. Anybody else? I see you over here. Yes. I see you in the back over there. I see the two hands in the middle over here. I see you over there. I see you in the back over there. God, we acknowledge you in front of man. And so, God, your word says that you will acknowledge us in the heavenlies. God, you will acknowledge us. You're making a way for us. Those of us that lifted our hands. Can we say this, Jesus, I need you to save me today? Anyone here and even if you didn't lift your hand. If you're watching online. He wants you to acknowledge him and that's what we're doing in this house. Take a moment. We we did. We lifted them all up. There's a bunch today, God. God, we lift up our hands to you. And if anybody that lifted their hand or from the seat or from your computer or from your TV watching YouTube today, Can we say this? God, I need saving. Church, let's say it. God, I need saving. God, I need forgiveness. Just repeat that. God, I need you. (laughs) Forgive all my sin. It's simple prayer. Simple prayer that God always answers. Jesus, save me. I give you my life. And I want to know you personally. God, by faith, I give you my life. So change me and come into my life. All God's people, can we just say that? Jesus, come into my life. God, we applaud you. We praise you for making an appeal, a way, a bridge, a connection to the Father. So God, we just thank you today. We acknowledge you in this house. All God's people say amen. Thank you for joining us today, and a special thanks to those who give to Cornerstone. You know, it's because of you, our ministry, it's possible. Uh, You can click the link in the description to give now or visit us at cornerstonelv.com. And if you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, you can share it with friends, share it with family, help us spread God's word. You can also join us live every Sunday. We invite you 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. We stream service live. Thank you again for listening.